Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the bibliophiles. Hey, Sally, how you doing? Hey, Dr. Kent, missed ya. Yeah, you had a good time last week. <laughs> we were fine. I was, you know, I was like... Especially when Rick came on, I was like, oh, no, I really need Dr. Kent because it's like a political discussion. But oh. somehow it went it went over okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this week uh, we're actually doing something pretty similar. Uh, we're doing nonfiction again. We've, we had a ton of nonfiction blurbs, so we're doing a second week uh, of nonfiction. So you had some good practice. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, our, our guest uh, host, our co- guest co-host last week was was really great. She was right on, and um, we had a good time chatting. Cool. Are you going to replace me? Oh, she <laughs> she talked about that. She said, oh, "Dr. Kent's going to be all worried that he's not needed, but he is. He is." <laughs> Trust me. Very nice. You're very irreplaceable. Nice. Well, yeah, and I mean, listen to this voice. What you know? How could you go? How, how could you go wrong? Gravelly and and angry and upset, and nobody can be as cranky as me on blurb. Now tell me though, how was your time away? I was a little uh I'm not even sure exactly if it was work related or holiday. Yeah, I, I spoke I spoke about publishing down in uh Phoenix and that was that was uh a blast. So oh, that's I, I had a good time. So let's but we got five blurbs on the show today. Uh they're non fiction and uh I guess we'll be talking to last week's winner. Is that right? Yes, Angie Zimmerman. She did a fantastic blurb. Really looking forward to talking to her today. So all nonfiction on the show today. Oh, and we also got uh, we have a special uh, treat for listeners. Um, um, uh, Sally actually created a blurb uh, of, uh, for you to listen to. Ha- have people listened to that before? No, this is the first time. I figured I'd better put my money where my mouth was, and uh, you know I put all these people on the hot spot every week and talking about what they could do better here, what they could do better there, and I figured, well, you know, let me just see. You know, making preparing a blurb is is you know takes energy and effort, and you have to put some thought into it. And I thought, you know, I just better get on it and do one of these myself, so that I'm not like, you know, just sitting there from the hot seat going, yeah, and you could do this and you could do that. I figured I just better take a crack at it myself, so people could give their two cents about about what I'm doing as well <laughs> and give me some feedback. So I think we should listen to yours. What do you think? Oh, sure, sounds sounds okay to me. All right, yeah, and, and uh, now you've put me in the hot seat. Now I feel like I've got to put one together. Maybe <laughs> in the next couple months I'll get one out there. Well, let's, let's listen to Sally's blurb. Uh, you want to introduce it for us? Oh, well, let's see. Okay, I'm going to be talking about my book, uh, the Amazon.com bestseller, The Daughter-in-Law Rules. That's all well, I'm going to say. Here we go, <laughs> Sally Shields blurb. Here we go. <laughs> Do you try business with your mother-in-law? Do you find yourself dodging ruthless remarks at every possible moment? Is battling your mother-in-law a simple fact of life, or is there another approach to assuage the age-old conflict between mother and wife? Hi, my name is Sally Shields, and I'm the author of The Daughter-in-Law Rules, 101 Surefire Ways to Make Friends with Your Mother-in-Law. See, my vision is to inspire more harmony among mothers and daughters-in-law around the world by teaching brides and wives the art of making friends with their husband's mother. I will reveal secrets that every wife can do to create a lifetime of peace with your husband and the other woman in his life, his mom. In the daughter-in-law rules, I lay out 101 simple and witty strategies to aid wives of all ages in mastering every element of MIL relations, from the decorum of housekeeping to the delicate world of child-rearing. Whether you're at the beginning of your marriage or you've spent years trying to make peace with your mother-in-law, the daughter-in-law rules provide a revolutionary set of strategies making copacetic coexistence possible at last. The daughter-in-law rules is important for two reasons. One, it helps raise money for the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And two, it saves marriages. To quote Tim Beat, author of Guide to Pirate Parenting, next to Waterford Crystal, the daughter-in-law rules may be the best wedding gift you can give. See, I was able to turn my biggest critic into my number one fan with a scarf, a shower curtain, and a ghostwriter. 
Here are a couple of my top tips. Your mother-in-law can be just as self-conscious as you are, so take the time to compliment her. Tell her how pretty, thin, young she looks, occasionally asking if you can borrow a certain item of clothing or an accessory such as a scarf or a purse. You also want to ask her for her advice, and frequently. But keep your subject matter simple and inconsequential, such as what color to change the shower curtain to in the guest bathroom. Then actually do it, so that when she comes over, she'll be proud that you followed through. And make sure to send her cards and flowers on her three special days, birthday, anniversary, and Mother's Day. But make sure that your husband signs it too, or she may get the mistaken impression that her son has forgotten her special day. Better yet, become a great ghostwriter and have your husband pen it from the both of you. So get ready for romance, because these rules work like a charm. Your husband will get all warm and cuddly when he sees the two most important women in his life are finally getting along. A little bit about me. I'm a jazz pianist, composer, speaker, author, and radio personality, but most importantly, a daughter-in-law. Co-host of the exciting new blog talk radio show, Blurb. I'm a frequent contributor to various magazines and have been featured in Star, Obvious, My Day, Girlfriends, For the Bride, and many others. Endorsed by Dr. Laura Schlesinger and Martha Stewart. I have appeared on Fox & Friends, Rachel Ray, and I'm a repeat guest on the nationally syndicated The Daily Buzz with my Wedding Shower's number one Amazon.com bestseller, The Daughter-in-Law Rules. So please visit me on the web at www.thedilrules.com. We've got a contest going on and a ton of free bonus gifts. So come and help me manifest my vision of creating more harmony among mothers and daughters-in-law worldwide. Take care and see you there. Wow, that was a blurb from Sally Shields herself. Uh, pretty dynamite, I gotta say. <laughs> I, I I think that was a an exemplary blurb. Well, I have to say that you know it's it, all these weeks of doing blurb, you you learn what the best elements are, and I had the advantage of knowing in advance the kinds of things that make a good blurb. You know, uh, for example, um, you wanna you wanna give some actual tips. Uh, you want to actually, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to find that email from. There was somebody that actually wrote out the um, the top tips. The uh, that okay, here we go. The reasons that that was a good blurb. Um, he wrote, "I just listened to the recording, and here are top seven things that you did well." And I, I thought that it would be interesting to to read them back to uh, to our blurb participants. You started with the boilerplate introduction. You infused personality and a smile throughout. You outlined the benefits of your book. You gave some actual value, top tips, within the excerpt itself. You waited toward the end to talk about the author, which was myself. You provided examples of your expertise and your successes, and you gave a call to action to encourage listeners to follow up. So those are actually pretty cool that he was able to outline and actually pare down what it was that made that blurb kind of effective, so to speak. Yeah. And those well, are the kind of things, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I've got that in me. I you know, I'm I'm feeling all intimidated now. I uh uh I, I think I'm just uh happy being the cranky critic. Uh <laughs> Sally she's she's got a she's got a marketing mouth on her. She she knows exactly how to do the elevator speeches um i'm i'm happy to be uh, uh on the show and 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 have my role but now if you want to listen to sally's blurb i think maybe we can um maybe we can upload it to the site or something uh, at some point but you can certainly listen to this episode again um and sort of uh you know uh go about 10 minutes into the show and and listen to her blurb um and uh get some great tips anyway i'm very excited to hear um our today's contestants as it were maybe we should have put you on at the end of the show well we could maybe if there's time we could replay it no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i mean these poor contestants i mean how are they possibly going to live up to that blurb let's see if we let's see if we get one that 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 sparkles like that last blurb did well you know sally has a an, an unfair advantage because you know she's been listening for for how many blurbs have we had? How many winning blurbs? This is the 22nd show, and so if you times five by 22, I guess that's how many we've listened to. Holy cow, we've got a lot of blurbs out there. All right, well, let's listen to uh, five more, uh, and um, and then we're going to speak to last week's winner, of course, Angie Zimmerman. So let's listen to, uh, how about Diane Griffith, uh, nonfiction blog. Here, uh, sorry, nonfiction blurb. Here we go. 
Blog Talk Radio. I would like to convey the feelings that Chasing Dreams in Lovecraft describes. It's about losing all material things, but gaining so much more. In realizing what really matters in life and the valuable lesson in morality that we learned from our sojourn in Greece. How we lose the ability to dream because we live in a pre-planned society and so rare opportunities are often missed. It is only when we look back we wonder why we never saw them at the time. Maybe it is the fear of risking failure and so we lose our spirit of adventure. But undoubtedly we all look back at some time and wonder why we didn't listen to our instincts. Why did we hesitate? Why did we lose our dreams? Maybe in the great scheme of things there is a reason for everything. Maybe we were lucky to recognize the fact that this terrible blow to our circumstances and our comfortable lifestyle when Tony lost his job was our chance to find a dream and to follow it. In achieving our dream of making and selling holiday videos, when it was a very popular thing to do in those days, we were capturing the atmosphere of the island and its people, and so providing people with a vivid memory of their Greek holiday that cannot be captured on photographs. The children never tired of seeing the same video featuring their village and laughed and pointed at various people that they recognized, causing a very happy commotion which helped us to sell our videos enormously. It was so refreshing to observe children who were happy in the pursuit of simple pleasures. They had not lost the ability to play. They sat in the evening by an upturned cardboard box with a lighted candle and a little jar for people to drop a coin in if they chose to buy a little hand-painted pebble collected from the beach. It was so pleasant to behold, a lovely vision of children being absorbed in their own achievements and the jubilation when someone bought a little stone. We also knew this feeling when we sold a video, so we felt an affinity with these children. These little painted stones would bring back similar memories as our videos would in homes all over the world. As we lay under the stars looking across the distant silver sea, we listened to the sound of girl guides and scouts sitting around an open fire singing with the same enthusiasm as young blackbirds have at dawn. We wondered how people who came to stay in expensive holidays thought they were buying romance. Surely the beauty of this beach and the sound of children's voices, sweet and vibrant, drifting across the sand and over this dark sea, Surely this could be defined as romance. There was a pleasant camaraderie among the inhabitants. They all shared naturalness in the simple wish to be content. So the best was sought and not the worst. We felt privileged to be accepted into their way of life. No, it was even more. We were welcomed. We felt that we had left a little piece of our heart there, a part that we would never get back. Some people search all their lives but never find true happiness. From our sadness we had found a certain happiness that we had never felt before. On our journey home, I spoke to Tony. I said, I wish I could share all this with other people. There must be other dreamers out there who would enjoy sharing all our experiences. Well, you could always write a book, he replied. I wondered if this was one of those opportunities Would I look back and wonder why I hadn't? You know, I might just do that, I replied. And that was it, I guess. Tell me what you think. Um, Well, she surprised me at the end. Um, um, But it was sort of a magical blurb. It It was beautiful sounding. Yeah, I mean, I love the premise about the, the, the idea that her husband lost his job, but it really created an opportunity for them to follow a dream and to create this new life for themselves, with the, which is creating videos and selling them and always seeing the smiles on these children's faces and from Greece and the whole idea about risking failure and losing the spirit of adventure. And I mean, the whole idea of it is very magical. And the delivery, of course, how can you go wrong with a uh, British accent? Oh, indeed. So, um, do you think she hit the elements? Well, okay, what we've decided to do, we've we've distilled the elements down to bling, clarity, information, and delivery. Now, we always talk about that, you know, people don't necessarily have to have the bling, bling, bling. You know, if they have, like, a smile in their voice or if they are conveying a certain, you know, um, uh, 
creative uh, uh, passion within their topic, then it doesn't necessarily have to be all blingy. So I don't think I necessarily missed the bling. Uh, the clarity was a little, a little fuzzy for me. I wasn't sure exactly what the book was about. If the book was, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was a little unclear to me. Um, the information and the clarity, I think, were a little. It could have been a, a little bit better. I, I liked her delivery; was fine, but the two, the two elements in between, I was a little bit uh, started to lose me a little bit. I would agree with you. Um, I, you know, I thought um, I, I really enjoyed the delivery. I think um, it was again a, a sort of a magical uh, sound that she was creating—a a very, um, yeah, you know. Like uh, like I was listening to an audio book on the BBC, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, it's charming. Yeah, very yeah, charming. That's a good word. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, it could have been um, she could have used her time uh, um, better. You know, it's three minutes. Uh, how long was your blurb? I believe it was just about three minutes. Yeah, I mean you can use it, um, and uh, again, that's one of the tricks that you used was to. Uh, you know, list details from the book to, um, you know, create that interest that you were talking about, you know, give us the one-liner that pulls us in um, at the end to wrap up by, um, you know, saying as much as you could about yourself without sounding uh, egotistical. <laughs> exactly. And, so, and you know, you don't – the thing is about sounding egotistical is that you can do it in a way that basically just is factual because – I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that even if you're with a major publisher, nobody's going to be out there tooting your horn. You have to learn to create what, what, what I call media bios, and that means just instead of necessarily talking about, you know, um, well, I grew up in Belmont, Massachusetts, and I took piano lessons when I was four. You know, you don't want to list all that stuff when you're when you're talking about your bio. You want to create what you call a media bio. So even if you just had like one thing. In the media, for example, let's say your article was published online somewhere. You can use that and make it sound exciting. Now, a little trick that I'm going to um, tell everybody today, just maybe because it'll give some spark, some ideas, or it's, it's a tiny bit embarrassing, but that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. I uh, answered. Uh, I have this profile on Reality Wanted, and the producers sometimes will contact me. And the show was called Do You Hate a Body Part? And I thought, hey, I could do that. Maybe what I could do is get in on the show and, you know, and end up making friends with the producers and pitching my books. So that the next time a wedding show comes around, they might be able to use my book. So little did I know that they were going to actually make me rub a mud pack into my butt on national TV because it was a cellulite show. Now, granted, I was in the human lab, and I did use the mud pack for six weeks. <laughs> got on Rachel Ray. But you noticed that in my blurb and in my bio, I said, I've, been a P I've appeared on Fox and & Friends and Rachel Ray. I didn't say I was on Rachel Ray for a cellulite show. I just said I was on Rachel Ray. Now, I was on Fox & Friends for my book, so fortunately, all you know, you can just put those other things in there. You don't always have to explain everything. The point is, if you were on something that was – you know, impressive or media friendly, that should go into your bio. And it's not like you're bragging or, or deceptive. It just is factual and it gives you credibility. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, Sally is a wellspring of information and uh, now you have a blurb to go back and listen to where she's actually put everything into practice. And I think she did a great job of that. Well, let's listen to another nonfiction blurb. Um, and uh, here's the second one of the day from. Eileen uh, McVitie. Here we go. Welcome to the Gordon Wiggins Group. We're so pleased that you decided to join our team. That's why we've made this handy and valuable employee handbook available to you for the low, low cost of only $9.95. In Welcome to the Company, or what it's really like working here, you'll gain insights on creative sick day excuses to use, when you've already exhausted the old standbys. Tips for earning short-term disability leave. Knowing the corporate players and how to play them. The top six clues that you're about to be fired. The values that we as a company pretend to stand for. And much, much more. Hi, my name is Eileen McVetty, author of the book Welcome to the Company or What It's Really Like Working Here. 
For 20 years, my greatest professional achievement was to secure an office with a computer monitor that faced away from the door, allowing me ample time to close whatever personal document I happened to be working on whenever my boss strolled by. I'm pleased to make this humor book available to you, and I'm confident that you'll find your employment experience at the Gordon Wiggins Group to be a richly satisfying one. Not overly confident, mind you, like I I wouldn't lay money on it, but hey, it's a job, right? So quit your griping. Well, I like, uh, you know, she's definitely addressing the listener. Um, I, you know, that's a, that's a positive thing. Uh, what, what's your take on that, Blurb? Well, I'm glad that she mentioned humor at the end because at first I wasn't sure if she was serious or not, but it was funny because, um, you know, it was obviously tongue-in-cheek. It was how, you know, creative ways to come up with sick day excuses and tips for earning short-term disability leave and how to play the corporate players. I mean, it was funny, and I'm sure that anyone that's had a corporate job can relate to it. Um, What I'm wondering is, could she have made this a book for anybody in the profession? Because at the end, she just said it was employment experience at the Gordon Wiggins Group. So is she only speaking to people who work at the Gordon Wiggins Group, or was she speaking to everybody that works in a corporate environment. Yeah, the beginning was really kind of spooky. I didn't I I thought I was calling up the Gordon Wiggins group. <laughs> well, maybe that that's where the delivery could have come in. Perhaps maybe a little bit more of a sparkle or a little smile in her voice could have gone a long way because you're right, she she read it very straight and it, it you weren't sure if she was serious or not, but it it obviously was funny and I'm glad that that she did say it was a humor book. Because then it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. But in terms so, of the, the delivery, maybe that could have helped it out a little bit. So do I have a sparkle in my voice? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's listen to um, uh, our next blurb. Uh, we've listened to two. Uh, they did a great uh, job. I'm excited about the rest of the ones on the show today. We've got three more. Uh, I, I'm excited to listen to... Gigi uh, Stetler, uh, have we heard her before? Uh, we haven't heard her, but she is an amazing lady. So Do you know uh, who this person is already? No, I just checked out her website this morning as I was putting together the, the emails. Oh, you're doing some research. Yeah, this morning I did. She's pretty cool. All right, well, let's listen to it. Uh, I'm, I'm going into it cold. I know nothing. Let's listen to a blurb from Gigi Stetler, nonfiction category. Here we go. My life reads like a bestseller, replete with plots, twists, shady characters, and a heroine with many layers. A father figure mentor who gave me a chance later stabbed me in the back. An attacker who literally stabbed me 21 times and left me for dead. A good old boys network of an industry that conspired to keep me out. I operate in a man's world, carving out my own path to success. I have rewritten the rules and redefined the business climate. Every time I got knocked down, I quickly got up and dusted myself off and quickly started again. I was born out of failure. I wrote this book not as a professional writer. I wrote it as if we were sitting around the kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee and having an honest conversation. My name is Gigi Stetler. I'm an accomplished entrepreneur as well as an unstoppable inspiration and a woman who didn't finish the 10th grade and has built an $18 million empire. Unstoppable is the perfect read for those of you who think you've had a bad day. I have inspired many who were ready to give up on life, love, work, and relationships. Unstoppable is the story of my life. I wrote it in part as a way to exercise the many demons that I have plagued me all of my life. But more importantly, to show other women and just as many men that when life happens to you, you happen right back. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just get back up and start rebuilding your life as quickly as possible, as I did, and as you will after you read Unstoppable. Wow. Yeah, it's a great blurb. Now, I, I have a feeling that um, I've heard that somewhere before. I feel like maybe she was on one of our earlier blurbs. Well, we, you know, we've had another author with the same title. You're kidding. Oh, no, we've had, and as a matter of fact, there's there's even a third book that I know of with that Cynthia Kersey also wrote a book called Unstoppable. But nobody was stabbed 21 times right at the start of their blurb, so I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was pretty shocking. That's like a CSI episode. Well, yeah, I mean, she she said it right there. She said her her uh, 
her life reads like a, a bestseller, and she's right. And, you know, she didn't mention how she made her $18 million, but she sells RVs, and she's, um, she's designed uh, spe- all sorts of stuff, custom sheets, and uh, sell- she's just got really, if anyone wants to check out her site, it's uh, ridinggigistyle.com. And it's unbelievable. She's got a really pink, girly site, but she is like a super, super high-powered business lady. And, so what uh, makes, and what makes yeah. uh, Blurb really special is that now even her Blurb um, uh, uh, was, was created by calling into a system called Cinch, and uh, she, she simply sounded that way on the telephone. She, she had that great pitch. Uh, uh, just uh, you know, either written down and prepared a little bit, perhaps, but uh, she said it live on it. How did you prepare your blurb? Who me specifically? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I started off with my elevator speech, and then I decided that I was going to uh, give a couple of uh, tips from the book, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about my bio, and then I wanted to give a call to action, which is where you, where people could find me next. And when you when you actually delivered it to that cinch system, uh, how did you do that? You're, you're sitting there on the telephone. How do you make it sound exciting? Oh, well, you know, generally speaking, what I counsel people to do when I'm doing media training with people is to always stand up. Because for some – now, I have happened to end up sounding too overly enthusiastic, so I have to sit down <laughs> because otherwise – I'm going to sound way over the top, but um, I do encourage most people to stand up because it does give your voice a more uh, passionate sounding kind of vibe to it. So standing up is always a good idea. You just right. dial the number and you uh, you read your blurb into the phone, and you obviously you know this is, again I mention this every week having a passion for your topic and a sincere desire to help people and if you've got those two elements for your book. You're gonna you're gonna come out sounding great. You're gonna get a lot of bling in your blurb. And one thing about nonfiction is, uh, usually you're telling a story that um, is coming out of your life or, or you're out of somebody's life. Um, and, and the thing you want to infuse it with real excitement, um, even if it's a totally boring story, you, your blurb could still be a winning blurb. And vice versa, you could have the most amazing book we've ever read. Um, most amazing website, most uh, incredible web presence, and if, if your blurb stinks, we'll probably say it on the air. <laughs> Nothing to add to that, huh? No, let's go on. <laughs> nice. Kristen uh, T. Delfau, uh, she's got a blurb for us here. Let's listen to another one in the nonfiction category. And actually, we're going we're gonna to be talking to uh, last week's winner here pretty soon. Um, yeah, is she calling into the show later on? I certainly hope so. Um, she said she'd be here, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. So, yeah, just about 110, we should be seeing her pop into the, into the whatever you call it, switchboard. Cool. Switchboard, yeah. So, but let's listen to Kristen T. Delfau. Uh, in the meantime, a nonfiction blurb. Here we go. Are you a turbo mom? Do you spend your day managing a household, taking care of your family and children? Maybe you're also holding down a job or even running your own business. Do you feel like you're paying too much for things, but you don't have the time to shop for that deal? You are a turbo mom, and Turbo Mom's Guide to Saving Money Without Wasting Time is the book for you. This is definitely not another book about cutting coupons. Not to worry. Turbo Mom's Guide to Saving Money Without Wasting Time by Kristen Delfo is also not another book about color coding your closet or 101 uses for baking soda. This book is written for the millions of women who experience daily the balancing act between family, careers, and everyday life, and while living in turbo mode with no time or money to spare. Turbo Mom's Guide to Saving Money Without Wasting Time gives you concise go-to resource written in a light and humorous tone. Saving money should be fun, and it can be easy too. It contains well-researched, straightforward advice and guidance with the big stuff like insurance, taxes, and investments, direct from the financial professionals, written in plain English, and without putting you to sleep. It also covers quick and easy ways to save on everyday choices, like grocery shopping, home repair and improvements, and looking your best without spending your retirement savings or your kid's college fund. 
It's written in an easy-to-follow question-and-answer format with lots of kidivities, sidebars, real-life examples, worksheets, and as well as online resources you need to make saving time and money a snap. The author, Kristen Delfull, is a mother, wife, and tax and financial professional. She's an enrolled agent who owns a tax and financial planning firm in Danbury, Connecticut, and she's a Fulbright Scholar. She's also that friend whose advice and opinions we seek. As a turbo mom herself, she has researched, experimented, tried, and failed, and succeeded in saving money. She's found ways to both save time and money simultaneously. All of her findings are in this well-written and easy-to-read book. She is an avid reader and researcher and continues to use her time and money-saving ideas in her everyday life. So please check out Turbo Mom's Guide to Saving Money Without Wasting Time by Kristen Delfo. It's written for real women who are looking for real savings in real life. Also to be found on Amazon.com as well as at TurboMom.com. That's T-U-R-B-O-M-O-M.com. Thanks much. Well, that was a great blurb from Kristen T. Delfau. Uh, one, one of my pet peeves, of course, um, as you know, Sally, is when people talk about themselves in the third person. And I think one of the reasons why is that um, somehow it doesn't sound honest. It's like some. Um, it's like all of a sudden the narrator's coming in and, and talking you up. Yeah, you know, it's funny because. Um, a couple of the contestants or authors have mentioned that they thought somehow that that is what they were supposed to do, and mm. I, we've got to check over our little. Uh, I got to check over the copy on our website to make sure that we don't somehow give that impression. I don't know if we do, but um, th- that particular one, for some reason, it didn't really bother me that much. But I know exactly what you mean. Now, but if she, had, maybe, but if she had said, you know, um, I. I was a Fulbright scholar, and here's the reason that's important. You know, like the when you okay, when you, yeah. when you say your part. own yeah when you say your own bio in the first person, you have a way of sort of explaining why it's important that you've done certain things with your life. Well, she definitely switched over because she was doing the whole blurb in the first person, and then when she read her bio, it was the third person. So right. she she clearly forgot to sort of switch that over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was clear that she's reading, but. The reason I did like it and related to her because I'm a turbo mom too. <laughs> so everything she was saying, I was like, yeah, 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 me too. Mm-hmm, yep. So um, I was relating to it. So I think that was, she has a really good niche. What? It was a very relatable blurb. I, I think she she invited the listener in very much. She definitely did. And, of course, so many of us moms are trying to multitask and do all this. And, of course, we all relate to trying to save money and time. So it's a really timely book, and it was, and I liked how she said that it was, you know, she she is a mother and a wife, and why is she writing this book? You know, she's a mother, wife. She's a tax and financial firm. Uh, she she runs a tax and financial firm, and she speaks to us. She said she speaks to us like, you know, basically she's just a friend. And so I would love to be able to read about, you know, when she st- first started talking about insurance, taxes, and investments. I was like, oh no, that's the last thing I want to read about. But then when I realized that she was. Uh, a tax and financial person, I thought, well, and she's also mom, maybe she could tell me something in sort of like down-to-earth tones that wouldn't put me to sleep. So that might be interesting. So I really enjoyed hearing about that. So, And again, um, um, uh, Sally is in the target market for this book, um, and, and sometimes I'm in the target market uh, for the books we listen to on the air. Uh, and the important thing is that you don't um, direct your blurb necessarily to the whole world, uh, you know, sometimes that's okay, but you really need to pull in your own audience. That's the key. That is the key, and I'm glad you said that because something else that I always say, and of course people listening to this show will uh, find it uh, redundant, but, um, you know, I always quote, I uh, forget who it was that even said it, but it was try to please everybody and, ple- and you please no one. So it's really oftentimes you can be even more successful as an author getting a smaller niche. niche. So, you know, obviously half the people on the earth are moms, so it's not necessarily a small niche, but it definitely is, you know, the the, the mother and wife who's working and trying to do it all. Um, you know, it definitely is a target market, so that was a, you know, very, very great idea to do it, 
and uh, speaking from experience, and she does answer the question, what's in it for the reader, and why is she the one to write the book? Why is she the one that we should listen to? And she also did, um, did she give her website at the end? I think she did. She did a good yep. job with that. She did. Well, and let's listen to one more nonfiction blog, uh, blurb on the show today by Rick Morgan, and then we're going to talk live to uh, last week's winner of uh, Blurb Book of the Week. So here we go, a nonfiction blurb from Rick Morgan. Blog Talk Radio. I want to teach you how to be a better kisser. I mean being a really good kisser, but it's not what you think. Hi, my name is Rick Morgan, and I want to tell you about a short, easy-to-read, 80-page, power-packed, life-changing book called The Keys, the textbook to a successful life. This Pulitzer-nominated book uses the KISS philosophy, keep it simple and smart, to teach you three major keys, thought, choice, and action, that change your life every day if you'll just consciously implement them. Throughout the book, you'll learn the thought process, something that will surprise you and very few of us even know. Make you aware of the high level of negativity in your life. How nine out of ten people sabotage themselves on their path to a successful life. The three dumbest things people do and the three words that can change your life instantly. There is no complicated formula or list of a thousand one things you have to remember and do. This book comes in several editions besides the regular book. There is a large print edition, The Keys for Teens, listed as one of the top 50 books for teenagers, digital editions, including one for Kindle readers, and a soon-to-be-released professionally produced audiobook on CD or as an MP3 file. I look forward to sharing the exciting concepts with you. Call the Timeless Classic, the concepts and ideas in the keys will never grow old and tired and something you'll want to revisit often. Let me teach you how to be a better kisser. It really will make a difference in your life. Well, what do you think, Sally? Well, it's funny, though. He scared me at first. I thought he was going to be one of those, uh, just like a, one of those authors that we had a couple weeks ago about the big O. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was getting a little worried. But, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Now, the one thing, now, everything about it was fantastic, except it left me with, too much curiosity. I wanted to know, what are the three dumbest things people do? What are the three little words that can change your life instantly? I, I, I wanted to know a couple tips. Give me a couple of tips in there. Um, other than that, it was a fan, I thought it was a fantastic blurb. It was information, delivery, bling. It had clarity. I, I knew exactly what he was talking about. He's probably read um, the same books that I've read, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich and all of those power of positive thinking books. And uh, I have a good idea about what's in it, but it certainly would have been great if he could have given us a few little secrets from the book. Absolutely. Well, uh, now people are not going without a treasure map. Uh, if you are listening to this, um, uh, go and check out Sally's blurb uh, earlier on in the program, uh, and uh, you have sort of a road map of, of what we're looking for um, I, I, I was nervous when Sally said she was going to do her own blurb because I, I thought, oh no, there's no way she could do a, a blurb as good as as good as some of our uh, best blurbs. But I think she has. Um, so so go check it out and, and dissect it, and and then uh, maybe you'll know what goes into a winning blurb. Well, thank you. You're making me blush over here. See, there we go. <laughs> well, let's let's talk to last week's winner. Uh, what do you say? Oh, I cannot wait to talk to Angie Zimmerman. Let's get her on the line. All right. Uh, Angie, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Hello, Winning Flower Diva. Hi. How are you? (laughs) It is morning here. I'm on the West Coast. (laughs) So impressed with you. Oh, my goodness. I love what you do. I love your site. I am just completely enamored by you. So please tell us everything. Oh, you're so sweet, and I'm, I'm honored that you even say these things. Um, did you want me to kind of go through my blurb again? Oh, well, Kent, do you, would you like to hear it, Dr. Kent? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Why don't we play last week's blurb again, um, and this will give people another clue as to uh, what a, a winning blurb sounds like. Um, Indeed. Here, here we go. Let's listen to uh, Angie Zimmerman's blurb uh, from last week. Hmm. 
Hi there, it's Angie Zimmerman, the Wedding Flower Diva. I have 18 years' experience providing professional wedding flowers to well over a 1,000 couples. With the recent difficulties in our economy, I have found that many brides-to-be are looking for a way to save money without sacrificing the beautiful wedding flowers she's always dreamed about. I've seen the results of brides that tried to do their own flowers without any guidance, and they ended up walking down the aisle with wilted, ugly flowers. As you know, there are no do-overs. Those ugly, wilted flowers will be in their pictures forever. Flowers are a focal point at any wedding, and therefore, you want them to be beautiful. I have authored a very reasonable do-it-yourself wedding flower guide with written step-by-step instructions with every step from selecting and ordering the flowers to designing and storing the flowers. I also provide five DVDs that come with the book showing the brides how to prepare the flowers with tons of insider tips. A bride will learn how to professionally prepare her own wedding flowers at a fraction of the normal cost. In fact, the typical savings is 50 to 75% of the normal cost. The bride will learn how, where, and when to order her flowers. I show her how to process her flowers and when to design her flowers so that she is not doing all of this the night before the wedding. My goal when writing this book was to make this a fun, stress-free adventure for this bride. I want her to feel proud of what she created. I provide insider tips that you aren't going to find anywhere else. To find out how to get your copy of my Do-It-Yourself Wedding Flower Guide, visit my website at www.doityourselfweddingflowerguide.com. That's www.doityourselfweddingflowerguide.com. Thanks for looking. Wow, what an incredible blurb. I'm impressed. Now, i got to say I'm not necessarily looking for wedding flowers now, but if, if someone were, they would certainly be roped in because, I mean, how much do people usually pay uh, 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 getting all the wedding flowers set? Actually, the national average is $2,000, and depending on where you're located within the country, that cost can be quite a bit more. And sometimes less. I think in the Midwest it tends to be a little bit lower, but on the East and West Coast it's typically higher. Yeah, out here on Long Island, it's very expensive, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, what I want to say that I'm so impressed with is that you have done what successful authors do. You actually use your book to build your business, and the fact that you've created these DVDs uh, are just fantastic because, as we know, it's very difficult as an author to actually make money with your book per se, but when you have a book – you automatically become the go-to person, the expert, and then you can increase your business by simply having the credibility. But you have gone a step further and made this wonderful home study system out of your book. And uh, it's just really, really beautifully done. Did you get that produced uh, somewhere? How did you go about doing that? Well, because I'm in the wedding business, I do know a lot of professionals, for example, videographers. And I went to one of the videographers that I was fond of and asked if he would do something of this nature because I had only ever seen him do wedding work. And this is, would be considered more corporate work. It's, it's a different, you know, type of videography. Absolutely. And he How said that, yes, yeah. he did do that. So that was kind of the direction we took. And I do have a background in teaching so or in training. I worked for a big corporation and was an internal trainer. So I, I know how to deliver information. I know the different learning styles and that you need to address those because not everybody learns the same way. And that was my goal, to address various learning styles, and I knew that a lot of people need to see it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, do you actually, does it actually come with five DVDs? It does. It's four hours worth of video instruction. Wow, that's incredible. You have done an amazing marketing job with your you. book and your expertise. I'm just like totally blown away. It's great. If any, Please, everyone go visit doityourselfweddingflowersguide.com and check it out. It's just well, beautiful. I have one question. For, so how did you uh, go about preparing your blurb? Did you sit down and, and, and uh, piece it together? What, what was your process? I did. I, I sat down and I just sort of wrote out the key points that I would want to cover and then I practiced it to make sure that it was within the three minutes. And then I called your number and I recited it. Well, and it's and it's uh, uh, how did how did the challenge uh, hit you? Did you do uh, a couple takes of it? Did you listen back to it and say, oh, oh, that one was horrible, or did you just do it the first time? Um, you know, I don't really remember. 
it seems to me I may have called back and done it a second time because I stuttered, and I didn't want that to be on the blurb the first time. Well, I have a, another question. Now, you know, you've probably heard us, if you were listening into the show, that we always say, oh, please give us a couple tips. And I noticed in your blurb that you did tell us the kinds of things. You said give tons of insider tips, you know, selecting and ordering, designing, and blah, blah, blah. But would you be willing to share a couple of your top tips with us right now, right here, right now? Sure, sure. I mean, one of the tips that I give brides, if they're on a budget and they really are trying to save money, is don't spend a lot of money on the ceremony because that's the typically the spot that you spend the least amount of time. So don't waste your money there. You know, use it at the reception where you're going to get the bigger bang for the buck because that's where you spend the bulk of your time. Nice. Um, another idea for brides that are trying to save money is, you know, to go a little bit smaller on the bouquets. They don't have to be, you know, 14-inch diameter. Make them an 8-inch diameter. An 8-inch diameter is a very nice size for a bouquet. Um, so a lot of brides like the tiered cakes that have spacing, and they put the rows of roses in between or sometimes hydrangea, which take a ton of flowers to do that. So another tip, if that's what you really want, is to ask your baker to use 2-inch pillars instead of 4-inch pillars. Because it literally reduces, you know, half of the space that you need to cover with flowers. And tell me, how about how about some tips about flowers in general? I mean, I what if what if um, you know my sister when she got married, uh, um, she loves wildflowers. What if you want to go out and pick your own flowers? What are tips for that? Well, there's a little bit of a caution that goes along with that because. When I get my flowers, they have to be processed. And processing means that we give them a fresh cut, we trim any excess foliage that's going to go below the water line, and I dip them in solutions that allow them to drink, get a good drink of water because flowers need water like we need air. So when you're cutting them directly you know, from a yard or somewhere, they haven't been processed by a grower anywhere. And if you don't know these steps to take to give them kind of that extra burst of energy or longevity, they don't necessarily last for you. I'm not saying that it couldn't, but you're taking some chances. Right. So if you make that dandelion uh, necklace, it might just wilt by the time the ceremony yeah, happens. exactly. Right. And what are your favorite flowers uh, to use? I love hydrangea and peonies. And why? Why? I think um, <laughs> the peony is just a really special flower. It's big, it's fluffy, it's pretty, it's beautiful, it's got a lovely light scent. It comes in a variety of colors. It's unusual. Not everybody's familiar with it. Unfortunately, it's only available for a short amount of time. Um, and hydrangeas, I think the same thing. They kind of evoke that old world to me. It's a, almost like an heirloom type of a flower, which the peony can lend itself towards as well. Um, Okay, there's one more flower that I love. It's called Lysianthus, and I love it because it's a gorgeous flower. It comes in fabulous shades of purple, and very few flowers come in really good shades of purple. And um, it's a flower that people just are not familiar with. So when they see it, there's an intrigue, like, what is this? Is that real? Is it a rose? What, what is this? <laughs> so I love that element. I noticed on your website, on the front page, you have a bride Who's, who has lilies and roses, and those are two of my favorite flowers. And those are very common wedding flowers. Hmm. They look. And what, what's the most? You know, what would be the most uncommon uh, wedding flowers that you've seen? Wildflowers. <laughs> yeah, I would say not too many brides want wildflowers. At least huh. not here. Wow. Well, and in in, in, uh, in when you're putting together when you put together your DVD series, uh, so. Uh, brides can get this guide and the, the whole series. Um, does it does it fit for everyone? Um, I mean, is there a little bit for for any bride? I believe there is. I again, I tried to put myself in the shoes of a bride who didn't know anything about flowers, and I gave her everything she needed to know in a very logical, organized manner, so that it would make sense to her. And now, do you find that people, once they've gone through your course, still opt to um, go with a professional? but now they're armed with all these tips so they can actually save money. I, I am not aware of that. It, okay. I, you know, it could happen, but I am not aware of it. So usually they buy your product, and then they will actually go ahead and do their own flowers. Yes. That's Have awesome. you gotten any pictures back uh, from Happy Brides? 
I keep asking for them, but I haven't received any. No, I have not. But you've gotten some nice letters. I have. <laughs> well, and it's it's a big money saving. I mean, what's the what, huge, how much how much I could mean, you spend on flowers? <laughs> well, that's unlimited. I mean, if you want to be you know a Preston Bailey and a, and a celebrity wedding, you're going to spend you know in in the neighborhood of hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, that's wow. not unheard of. It's ridiculous, but it's not unheard of. But for the normal bride, the average bride, where the two thousand dollars say is the average price tag, you're going to save anywhere from $500 to $1,000 by doing it yourself. Now, how would you say your book has has increased? Do you have a, a business behind? So you are, a, tell me what you do. Like you I make, am a florist. I've been a florist since 1991, and I specialize in doing wedding flowers. So, I mean, I really do know, I believe, just about everything there is to know about this. I'm sure there's something new coming down the pike that I haven't heard of yet, but I have been doing this for a very, very long time. So when people and come I to you love and they say, what I do. And they say, oh, we want you to do our flowers for our wedding, do you say, oh, well, here, do it yourself? Oh, no, no, How no, no. How does that no. work? If somebody wants me to do it, I'm more than happy to do it. I love doing the wedding flowers. The reason that I even wrote this book is because when this recession hit, Brides were scrambling, and, and, you know, they were canceling the reception flowers because they couldn't afford them, or they were saying, well, we're going to do it ourselves. And so I thought, you know, I saw some of what they did, and I thought, I need to show these brides how to do this because, as I said in the pitch, there are no do-overs. So how do you get this book to brides? How, what is your marketing strategy? Uh, right now, I'm pretty much, you know, it's available on the Internet. I'm working to get it into Amazon.com and Barnes and & Noble. And I'm also working on a book launch. So hopefully that will reach then thousands of rides. Very cool. Well, it's been such an honor to chat with Angie Zimmerman. Her website is doityourselfweddingflowerguide.com. And uh, she has an incredible series uh, of videos that come along with her uh, wedding flower guide, and you can save tons of money putting your own flowers uh, together for for your wedding, or, or having your your uh, your best friend do it for you, or something like that. Yeah, you well, want to gather a group of people to do it for you. You don't want to do it all by yourself. That's part of the planning process that I give them in the book. You know that you need to get your team gathered so that you're not doing this the last minute by yourself. Well, it's been such an honor chatting with you, and. Um, Sally, I'm excited to uh, uh, see who's going to win today. Yeah, me as well. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in and checking out this week's uh, blurb. Yeah, be safe. We'll talk to you the next time. Bye.